Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break a rim, big power, hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound is episode 300, oh, excuse me, holy hell, wow. 454. A Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I am Brian Breaker. Joining me, as always, Big Underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot, except we're hopping in that DeLorean, apparently. Apparently, yeah. 350. That was so two years ago. Going back in time. <laughs> well, we have a lot of wrestling talk this week, man. We got a little bit of movie talk. We got some toy talk. Um, a lot of things we got to dive into. First of all, um, we got to throw a special shout-out to, uh, to a couple of the Haddocks boys. Did you? Yeah. So, Caden and Jonas, did you know this? Because I didn't know this. They were both born on October 20th, six years apart. I had no clue. Isn't that wild? But that is wild, and that is kind of awesome. But if I was in the kids' shoes, yeah. I'd be like, well, this sucks. This is bullcrap. <laughs> I want my own birthday. <laughs> this yeah. should be my day. <laughs> well, what's funny is I have I have cousins who are uh, like two or three years apart, and their birthdays are like February 16th and February 17th or something. Yeah. Crazy that it, yeah. that happens, but yeah, it can happen for sure. So big birthday shout out. Their birthday is actually on October 20th. So it's coming up in a few days Yeah, to uh, Caden and Jonas, the couple of the Haddocks boys. Absolutely. Happy birthday, boys. Happy birthday. And um, uh, real quick, I want to throw a little quick thing out there. A good friend of mine from Japan passed away yeah. this week. Yeah, saw you post about that. Uh, Katsuya Kitamura. Um, he was a young boy, which uh, if people don't know what that means, it's kind of like a in training he's actually my age he well he's 36 he's about to be 37 but he uh i don't know what happened he he was a to me a surefire future world champion when we saw him just absolutely jacked especially for japanese standards he was mm -hmm. a guy that i think wwe would have swooped up immediately just because of his physique and and his overall appearance um great dude we had so much fun with him because his english was just so horrible like right. we'd be on the bus and he'd have to give the announcements to, to all the talent. And uh, so he did it in Japanese, obviously. He had no problem there. But then he'd have to do the English, and you could tell he was struggling. And he'd be like, um, tomorrow, bus leave. One, and he'd put up, like, the number one with his finger. And he'd put up five. He'd be like, 15. 
<laughs> like one fifteen. Yes, yes. And Billy Gunn would be in there. He's like, "Well, that's a weird damn time. Why would we just leave it one?" <laughs> and he'd be like, "Yes." <laughs> he just sat back down. We had so much fun. It was almost like we couldn't wait for the for him to get up to do the announcements because it yeah. was just so funny because he was he was so nervous acting. Right. But yeah, unfortunately, some injuries plagued him early in his career, and he had to had to retire. Mm-hmm. And it was really a sad deal. So I don't know what happened, but. Uh, yeah, definitely not news I wanted to wake up to and see. It's just like, oh, my gosh, like yeah. so bad. So, that sucks. So rest in peace to Kittimore, a great dude over there. Um, on a more bright topic, I guess, I uh, I found this a couple of weeks ago, and I, keep, I kept forgetting to put it on the show because I think I found the worst wrestling theme of all time. No kidding. Now, I asked you before we started, like, what would you think would be the worst wrestling theme of all time? You're a music guy, so I'm just curious. Like, what to you is like the absolute worst wrestling theme you can think of? Um, I can't remember who had this theme. It might have been Alicia Fox. Her theme music was always terrible to me. Yeah, uh, but then you know, basically, also anything from the uh, early '90s WWE, you know, where it was like. Dr. Isaac Yankum, stuff like that, where it's really not even a theme song. It's just noise that they play. Right to censor comes to mind. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think the Yankum one, though, it's like it's not supposed to be good. Right. It's supposed to be just abysmal. But, but that was a theme back then. You know, it was like a lot of guys like yeah. Mantar was something weird. <laughs> yeah. Or something. And, yeah. yeah. And so it was just a bunch of weird stuff. But then, you know, even on the WCW side, there were some bad ones there. Um I think like Booty Man's was pretty bad, if I remember right. I don't remember that one, but I imagine yeah, it was. Um, but there was a bunch of them that were really, really bad. And so it's hard to pick just one. It, it is. Um, I remember on all the video games, IRS's theme was like a typewriter. I'm sure that happened in real life, too. I don't remember it ever him ever coming out to that, uh-uh. though. But like how bad. Like that's up there with the Yankum doing having the drill. Yeah. But what else does a, an evil dentist walk out to? Of course. You know? So. Anyways, I found this theme just randomly, yeah. and I looked it up because I was like, "That is that might be the worst thing I've ever heard. So are you ready for this? Yes. All right, here we go. Beyond ready. You're home for the worst in entrance themes and videos. Wait for it. Wait for it. A Hulkamaniac? Wait for it. Oh my god. I'll let that fade out. So... Can I just say that Hulk Hogan is and was the biggest whore oh, yeah. ever when it comes to pimping himself out? So the story on this, uh, that was Dave Sullivan. I don't know if you remember him from mid-90s WCW. He was Kevin Sullivan's like almost mentally challenged younger brother. Uh-huh. Basically, that's what he was portraying. And he his thing is when Hogan came in, he was the big Hulkamaniac. Yeah. And so... I was watching an old pay-per-view and he came out to that. And I'm like, is that Hogan singing the song? Like, no, surely not. Right. It was David Sullivan that came out. It, and his, that his, his gimmick was, he was the, he was a, a major Hulkamaniac. Okay. And Kevin hated it. Cause like, how dare you be a Hulkamaniac? Uh-huh. Be a fan of, I mean, really, I mean, just 
horrible storytelling, but that was the story behind it. And so I don't ever remember hearing that before. Right. Because it was probably such a short-lived thing, but I've, I did some research. Apparently, like Hogan was like jealous of Dave Sullivan because he looked like him. He was blonde-haired and he had a mustache. Dave and, Sullivan looked like him? Kind of. I mean, I guess resembled him in the sense of like he was thick and okay. big. Now, what's interesting is I, I was watching some shoot interviews with Dave Sullivan, and he was basically saying, like, Hogan did everything he could to get rid of him. And it makes me wonder, like, I guess Hogan was probably kind of like, I don't know, what's the right word, like, nervous or of other people. Like, yeah. you, like you're Hulk Hogan. Like, you have nothing to worry about as far as wrestling. You're, you're your spots, super insecure. Super insecure, but your yeah. spot should be safe. You're Hulk Hogan. And yeah. it's not like even if Dave Sullivan was bigger. And so it's almost like they made him a goof on purpose and made him like the big Hulkamaniac to like maybe diminish him possibly. And I mean, it doesn't sound like a, that, that sounds like Hogan to me, but I just thought that was such a weird thing that like, he really kind of disappeared from wrestling after that. And you never really saw him again. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's why it could be. Cause I, I've never even heard of David Sullivan. Yeah. He, he was there. He was the equalizer in like 92, 93, mm -hmm. just kind of this underneath heel. And then they kind of thought, Oh, he looked like Kevin Sullivan. And, and so he became Kevin Sullivan's brother. And then one of the, the events, that's the song he came out to. And I was just like, my God, that might be the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I've never heard that song before. Does it rank in your top two or three of like worst wrestling themes of all time? Yeah. It's pretty bad. The, like I knew like once, once you heard Hogan actually singing it, you're like, Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. So I just looked up a picture of him and yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of big. He's a big dude. Well, what's funny though, is if you remember that early Hogan WCW run, he was still kind of thin because this is like the steroid trial, oh, steroid that. trial. Mm -hmm. And if you watch, like at the time I never noticed it, but he was always kind of th slender during those years. Yeah. And, and, he was always, he was never toned muscular. He was yeah. always kind of muscle fat. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he was just thick. He was a thick dude. Yeah. And so, yeah, the WCW era and like kind of like late WWF era, I mean, he was. I think that's why he transitioned to the pants, though. Could be. Because his legs probably weren't as thick, you know. Because yeah. if you look at, you know, 87 Hogan when he was wrestling Andre, he was pretty. He was stout. Yeah, he was stout. Yeah, and, and those WCW years, he was just almost kind of like skinny fat yeah. a little bit, you yeah. know? And so I could see him seeing a guy that's blonde, has a mustache and is thick. And it's like, uh, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that. Not doing that, bro. Let's make him an idiot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make him a, ma a massive Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, so I thought I, I thought I'd share that with you just because of how stupid it was. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got quite a bit of wrestling talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Well, let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break. Cracking them, buying energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Well, big underscore band, we got quite a bit of wrestling talk this week. Um, I guess biggest news is we've officially now seen the return of Bray Wyatt to WWE. Yes. So we kind of thought this was going to happen. It's interesting that... There was a lot of talk, I think, of him actually showing up in AEW. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think he dodged a bullet there? Oh yeah. You think so? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, I know obviously AEW seems. It seemed so like, I feel like AEW's start to like all out was like their Nitro era, mm -hmm. and now we're like we're way into like WCW two thousand with them oh, yeah. a little bit. Does it not seem like that? It, it feels like it right now, and and I hope they can kick out of it. Because I do too. 
Because I, I mean, I want there to be a reason for WWE to keep making good product. Yes. And that's, that's what we need. But AEW needs to kind of get the lead out, you know? Well, and that's the thing is I think that's like 98, 97, 98, WWF and WCW, I think was such a great time because they were trying to outdo each other every week. Mm-hmm. The second WWE pulled ahead, that's when like WCW is going to try something nuts, you yeah. know, because they, they had to get the win that week. And right. It's great for the fans. But he, here's the sad thing is AEW has kind of gotten to WCW 2000 in fast forward. Yeah. Because WCW was around like, I mean, I know they were part of NWA and stuff like that, but WCW in itself was around what, like 89, 90 is when they first started. I think Ted Turner bought it in 90. No, he bought it in 89. So I yeah. Believe. So like they were around for 12 years before they got shut down and AEW's been three four now Probably about four yeah four ish so i mean and they're kind of in that era where we're like Ugh, not good yeah, but wcw for a few years was not even profitable i don't think to like 94 right so i mean like they had they had their ebbs and flows yeah. now, oddly enough if you watch like 93 wcw it's a great product yeah it just wasn't well received i don't think ratings wise but yeah. honestly when hogan came in the product went way to the shits yeah. i thought well like, he kind of brought that entertainment side well, and it's like the Dave Sullivan stuff. Like, if you watch Halloween Havoc 93, it's actually a pretty good show. Yeah. Halloween Havoc 94, not so much. Yeah. Like, and it, it really it, and it escalates each year to where it's like, this kind of is shitty until maybe 96 when they start implementing a lot of the good workers. Right. But definitely crazy. But uh, we, we've seen Bray Wyatt now uh, show up. We saw him show up at, uh, was it Extreme Rolls? Was that the event? That's where he came back, yep. Which was really cool. We saw the mask and all the, you know, the Wyatt Six, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then we, he has the promo on SmackDown. Almost seems an out of like an out of character promo initially, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, now there's been speculation online, which I don't think anyone had thought. Everyone assumed this Wyatt Six would be this group, but now people are speculating Wyatt Six might be his six personalities. Yeah, and, and I sat there and thought about it, and realistically, I mean, he's had six personalities if you include this uh, new version. Well, the two new versions, one being just him as a normal human being and then the, the new mask version. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's six personalities because, I mean, you got the cult leader and the eater of worlds. I consider that to be one because they're basically the same. And then you got the fun house. You got the fiend. You got this new version. And then you got the human. I mean, that's six. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that could very easily be what they're doing. And, they, I mean, it could be that they're going to do like a, like a split type situation. Might be fun. I think so, and I think if anybody can pull something like that off and not make it completely ridiculous is uh, is, is Bray Wyatt. I mean... Yeah, he's it, definitely a creative guy. Yeah, and the only other person who's done anything similar that I can think of is Mankind, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he had, what, four of them, if you think about it. I mean, Cactus mm-hmm. Jack, Mankind, Dude Love, Mick Foley, mm-hmm. you know, so... Well, yeah, and they were all kind of... Like, early, early Mankind was great. Loved it. And what's weird is like I knew that was Cactus Jack, but it's like that character, he like the rocking back and forth, pulling mm-hmm. out his hair, like he made that so good. Yeah. It was I mean, it was an amazing character. So I think if you give Bray like the ability to do this with Triple H at the helm, I think this is gonna be great. Absolutely. So I'm I'm very excited about it. Um what do you think Bray Wyatt does from here? Like <clears throat> You know, I don't know. This could almost be one of those things where because I, I don't know if you saw the interview where Seth Rollins said it's kind of hard to work with Bray Wyatt because you don't like you don't really know how to make yourself look good out of it. You know what I mean? And this might be one of those things where maybe he doesn't really have a storyline with anybody else, but it's a storyline within himself. And 
other people just interact with it, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it's not a me versus them type of story. And yeah, it's something fresh, something different where it's a, just a me versus me story. It could be. I, I mean, mean, cause he, he's not a guy that really, I don't feel like needs the championship No, you know? And so I think they could do something interesting with him, you know, like a, where he's just continuously struggling. Like maybe he's got a match, you know, one night, but then the, the other voices in his head mess with him. And you know what I mean? Like it could just be one of those things where just a lot of things become, Kind of a crazy shitstorm, you know. Bray Wyatt's almost one of those characters. It's like, why does he wrestle? Right, yeah. You know, like in a weird yeah. way, it's like, does this guy need to actually wrestle? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, he could be a horror icon. <laughs> I mean, he really could be. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of heard that's what he was going to dabble in. So him coming back to wrestling was kind of, I mean, be a little bit like I don't want to say surprising, but it's like, okay, he still got some years left in him, you know. Sure. But, I don't know. It's very interesting because we don't really know anything yet, right? I mean, it's all kind of just like this just kind of happened. And it's like, okay, well, what the, what are they going to do? Like, yeah. all the vignettes they did were great. The logo is awesome. I love it. Um, yep. I think it's cool, man. I, I like the fact that, you know, he saw the lantern. He still had some elements of who he was and yep. everything else. And um, I'm seeing now a lot of people are kind of hating on The Fiend. I always thought The Fiend was super cool. What are they hating on the fiend about? I, like it was too goofy or something. Too goofy. They're out of their minds. I mean, this is wrestling, right? Right. I mean, fiend is one of the. I I feel like will go down as one of the most uh, uh, horrifying characters in pro wrestling ever, yeah. in in a good way. Yeah. Like it was frightening. Like I mean, the the. I mean, granted, it's it's pro wrestling television, so it's not going to have the correct lighting for a horror movie to really get the the scenes right but mm-hmm. like nah. but it, that they did as good as they could have yeah the fiend is now that's one of the best characters to ever be invented mm-hmm. and and the the dynamic between funhouse bray and the fiend just phenomenal like that's well when that debuted the funhouse everyone's kind of like what the hell is this like you kind of knew like oh this is going to be something well but you just didn't know yeah like i i thought it was really fun because that first one like he had he had kind of like a spooky vibe for like a split second, you know, because he kind of like dropped the smile and stuff like that for just a quick second. But then you kind of almost thought like maybe he was just going to be like a Waylon Mercy type guy where he's super friendly, but then he just snaps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Was not expecting the fiend at all. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm here. excited for it. Uh, Daniel Cormier officially made his WWE debut as part of the uh, fight pit. He was a special referee. This is a interesting thing because Daniel Cormier has obviously done a lot of amazing things in UFC. And uh, at one point it was actually penciled in to fight Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, huge wrestling fan too. Yeah. I think it's only a matter of time. We see him wrestle at least a little bit. Don't you? I'd like to, I think that'd be fun. I feel like he'd be a good match for Brock. Oh yeah. Cause Brock's one of those guys where like, and I think this is why they've done Roman so many times. Cause it's like, who does Brock work with? Right. He's kind of, like, well, let's go back to what worked. Cormier's kind of a new, interesting opponent. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, if you give him time to actually figure it out, you know. Sure. Kind of like I know the Cain Velasquez thing didn't work out because, you know, COVID happened shortly after, and so they ended up letting him go, and so he didn't really do much in wrestling. But it's like yeah. that could have been something if they if he had had time to actually figure this stuff out. He just didn't really have time. But the storyline of Ray using him was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Brock's bullying Ray. Oh, I got an equalizer guy that actually beat your ass in the octagon before. That's right. kind of a that's kind of a cool idea. I thought that was cool. One thing one thing that's kind of bothered me about these UFC guys that have jumped ship here in the past few years or tried to come over is with the exception of Brock, 
they've kind of all been out of shape looking. Yeah. <laughs> like they, I mean, not, not doesn't change the fact they could still kick everybody's ass. Well, it's because they train differently. Right. They're not, they're not training for appearance. Like I, I, when I saw Daniel Cormier, I was like, he's kind of fat. Yeah. You know? And he always has kind of been. You yeah. Know? Kane Velasquez has never been like a body guy. He has no body at all. Like he's just. Matt Riddle's a different story, but he also spent that years dude, wrestling. Right. That dude is shredded. But like, yeah, but like with the exception of those two, like him and Brock, like most the guys I've seen, I mean, and then you got like guys like Ken Shamrock and stuff back in the day who were just super jacked. But. Think about Dan Severn. He was never a body guy. But with him, he looked like old man buff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like the guys who would wear their like pants up to their nipples. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Like that kind of jacked, but it didn't matter. Like you'd still like not mess with dancing. Oh hell no! You know? Like you know he'd kick your ass. Yeah, but it's but yeah, like uh, but yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. It's weird, but either way, I think it'd be fun to see Daniel Cormier in the in the ring. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea to kind of integrate guys like this for some type of, even if it's like a small thing. Like why not? You know, yeah. I, it kind of adds it adds a little bit of a different element, and it gives Brock an opponent, which sure keeps Brock. You know busy without him having to because i think with brock it's like you almost have to put him with someone who's believable yep but i don't want to see brock and omos you know right it just no no thanks you know like see brock and veer what happened to that guy is he still around he just popped up in an nxt oh did uh, he i think like last week or the week before yeah, yeah. I, know. I i know they aired vignettes for him for like months yeah i liked his look though i think i don't know if he's any good but yeah, I think I watched one or two of his matches. I mean, it's simple big guy stuff. Yeah. You know, but is he I mean, huge or? No. No, I mean, he's like 6'5", maybe 6'6". Well, it's interesting that, he, you know, he was like the, based off like that million dollar arm or whatever that movie. Yeah, oh well, yeah, he's that guy, yeah. Yeah, which is like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> How he's wrestling? Right, like, yeah, it's really bizarre. But yeah, no, I mean, I think it's cool. I, I think now that things are kind of more leveled out, we can start seeing these guys develop a little bit better. And Dude, and he's a guy who could legitimately be a star, because he's like, I, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, and he's, he's a handsome son of a bitch, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, he could legitimately be like a top draw, I think, for that company. Yeah, I think it's just, again, you need that time. Like, Cain Velasquez, right. I think if they'd kind of, helped him figure out his look a little bit better and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Like he, the thing is he has built in equity because people know he's a legit badass. Right. He beat Brock in the cage. Not many people can say that. So like right. he's a legit, he's as legit as they come. It just, he needs to work on that presence and he's never got a chance. I think he's actually in jail now. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't see him coming back anytime soon. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Another interesting return. Gallows and Anderson yeah. show back up on Rada, kind of help out uh, AJ. Yeah, what do you think uh, about this, man? The, what do they call them? The OGOC or whatever? Yeah, the Good Brothers is yeah. what they were kind of known by at one point. Yeah, I, I think it's cool, man. That was, that was to me, a big shocker because I didn't see any kind of teases. I know you told me that they teased it uh, on, online a little bit, but I didn't see anything like that. So I, I was excited about it, man. I think that will be fun. There was a rumor that they were returning, but then, of course, they showed up that night to yeah. kind of make, you know, you know, team up with AJ again and go up against the Judgment Day, which... To be fair, Triple H has done a very good job of making the Judgment Day like a a group I kind of care about because it boy it seemed crappy for a little bit it's there. Good stable now, yeah, yeah, it actually is. Like they he actually instead of that had been so easy to scrap. Oh yeah, but he actually kind of kept like okay, we'll do we'll do something here. Well, because it's it's all uh, you know, it's all three really good talents, and then you got Dominic who's new. Mm-hmm. So you know, those three can actually take him under his wing, and you know do some good for that kid. Absolutely. And so I think and it's, it kids them out of him being just Ray's kid. Exactly. He has something else now. And and now like, I, I guess the story is Ray's going to be traded as SmackDown. So they're going to be on separate shows. So like he, he'll really have a chance to develop on his own and get his own personality, 
which I think will be great. And they can meet up again later down the road. Someone even suggested, well, like if they go face to face in the Rumble, like that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like yeah, a little tease there. Yeah, and hopefully they. I assume they do want to do a WrestleMania match. That would be my assumption. Yeah, separate them for a little bit. Maybe they meet up at Rumble. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be cool. Absolutely. And I think Rhea took out Beth Phoenix, right? She did. And so I'm sure Edge will be coming back. Yeah. Which I mean, so like Edge and Beth maybe versus Finn and Rhea. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be awesome. But uh. Gallows and Anderson, I guess their whole thing was like they're going to go where the money's at. Yeah, and a lot of people are kind of like, oh, they have no loyalty, and I'm like, no, they have loyalty to themselves. Like, and that's what it should be. At the end of the day, I remember Scott Hall and Kevin Nash talking about like when they went to WCW, it wasn't so much the money. The money was good, but they were like, it was the dates. Yeah, it was a lot less dates, yeah. and they're like, you know, we were. It's like we could make that with Vince, but we were working 300 days a year. Right, we're coming over here, we're working you know, three times a month or something. Like it was like, oof three or four times a month, whatever it was. It's like a lot easier, a lot less, a lot less working and more money. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. What do you think about that? When people say stuff like that, it just like, I'm, I am 100% for work-life balance. Yeah. And if another company is going to give me the same pay or even better pay for less time, hell yeah. Why work harder? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there, there is no loyalty other than to yourself in life because I guarantee you the same people that complain about that would quit their job for a better job. Well, here's the thing. If the company you work for, if a company down downtown somewhere wanted to pay you a dollar an hour more to do the same job, why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. I know it's not. Oh, it's only a dollar an hour, but yeah, at the end of the year, that adds up. Right. You know, it's more money ultimately. Like, why wouldn't you do that? So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my thought too. So hopefully, um, hopefully people understand that. But I think Gallows and Anderson are like one of those teams that I I feel like they're. People don't really respect how good they are. Mm -hmm. I think those guys are phenomenal. Well, I think it was a huge misstep to let them go in the first place. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I feel like WWE just never really knew how to handle teams when Vince was in charge. Gosh, they never booked them well the no. whole time. And, like, they came in with such hype that mm -hmm. really shocked me. And I, and, I, I mean, they did hold the championship, but, like, the tag team championships have never really meant anything in WWE. No, it was just crap. So, and, I mean, honest to God, they kind of still don't. I mean, the Usos kind of have them on lock right now, and mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't seen them. They didn't defend it at Extreme Rules. I know that. So are they holding both belts? Yep. Yeah. Just like Roman. Yeah. So um, kind of waiting on Solo and and uh, Sammy to get the United States and Intercontinental. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that's cool though. I mean, like if you build up Gallows and Anderson, like how cool would that be of them and the Usos? Absolutely. Because I don't know if they. I'm sure they've worked before, but that would be, be a badass match, you know. Hell yeah, it would be. But it's weird because when they they signed Gallows and Anderson, because I know Nakamura and AJ were kind of in that as well, but like mm -hmm. they, they used Nakamura well in NXT. Yeah. AJ, obviously, they used well. Gallows and Anderson, they really didn't. It's like, why would you bring these guys in, pay them good money, and then just not use them well? And then when their contracts are about up, they're about to go to AEW, so you offer them great money to stay, so they did, and then you let them go a year later. Right. What the hell? It just doesn't make any sense to me. No. So hopefully they do well this time. I'm hoping for it. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, Renee, I think her last name is Paquette. I could Paquette. be, yep. I could be wrong on that. She is all elite. Yeah. Not shocked by this, right? No, I mean, I mean, it's not like her husband's the face of the company or anything. Right. Yeah. So but there was, I guess, rumor that she might be going back to WWE, but, uh, yeah, she's showing up in AEW, I guess doing the same thing, kind of like, you know, backstage announcer stuff. Um, that's good for her though. You know, now that she's, you know, I know that her baby's getting a little bit bigger and she's yep. probably wanted to make some money on her own. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great for her. Good for her. It makes sense for her to go where her husband works, right? I mean, of course. I, it just from a travel perspective and yeah. hotel room and all that other stuff. It just it's 
it's the right call. I mean, if my significant other was in the exact same business I was in, but with a different company, I would try to find my way to that other company. Right. In some way, shape or form. Right. Even if it's not as much money, it's just logistically speaking, it's easier. It makes more sense. And just that time away is not good. Right. So I thought that was cool. Uh, this is something I want to bring up because I thought it was a funny story. Uh, when they were doing Raw, yeah, they kind of like had the DX reunion. Of course, no Billy Gunn, obviously, because he's yeah. a big part of AEW right now. But they had Road Dog and Sean and X-Pac and everybody. They were kind of doing their, their old school stuff. And they all kind of leave the area. And Triple H was like, hey, no fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Clear jab at AEW. What you think about that? I thought it was funny. Um, you know, I, I, I. I love the picture of old man Triple H now. Like, I think that him with the glasses halfway down his nose, I think it's hilarious. Um, but it's also probably very accurate because I'm sure while he's sitting there, that's what he does. <laughs> but I think it's funny that they these guys steer into that. Like, yeah. they don't, they don't like mistake the fact, like, yeah, we're, we're old. Right. We're in our 50s. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not funny anymore. It's, it's almost sad if you're still trying to do it seriously. Well, it's, it's a, it's for a pop, you know, that's kind of what Sean said out in the ring. He was like, we're doing this another 25 years. Shoot us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I thought that was a funny, funny little jab. And I feel like with AEW right now, I don't know, man, I'm with all the recent fights. Like there hasn't been any this week as far as I know, but yeah, fingers, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. We still got a couple more days with all the recent fights. Do you feel like that's going to kind of, steer them downward where like people kind of like aren't as invested in the product and stuff. I mean, like if you think about it, that's another thing. I guess a steel tweeted something about a, a song like freedom. So people are speculating he's gone. Yep. And uh, I can't imagine punk's going to stick around. Like the whole crux of that company following all out changed completely. And they had a great show that night. Yeah. But I mean, my God, like it fell apart, didn't it? Oh yeah. Quick. And I think it goes back to kind of what we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. And I, I feel like nobody really respects Tony, you know, yeah. uh, the, the fans do. I think a lot of the fans who are invested in AEW respect Tony. Uh, well, but the wrestlers don't. Maybe they say they do, but I don't think they respect him like they would respect Vince. Right. Like Vince almost draws a level of. I don't say fear, but you know what I mean? Like that. He's a mob boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's probably really not, but like he he presents himself like a mob boss. Don't, don't cross Vince. Yeah. You know, and I, and I feel like Tony Khan never really had that vibe about him because he always kind of wanted to be like, he's buddies. Yeah. I wanna, like a, him hugging guys and stuff. Right. Like he's, I think he's a super Mark, which yes. that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know a lot of times when people hear the term Mark, they think it's a bad thing. Right. I've never thought it's a bad thing. I think it's yeah. just a word we use, but you can be easily manipulated when you're a Mark. Sure. Yes. And, I could tell by the way Punk had no issues saying the things he said with him sitting right there. It's like, oh my god, yeah, you know, like I don't think he would have tried that with Vince. Well, and and I feel like even you and me in that same situation that Tony was in, I feel like would be like, all right, bud, calm down, you know, like tone it down. <laughs> you know what I mean? You would think, right? Like, I mean, like I w either that or I would just interrupt him and be like, hey, we're not talking about this. <laughs> As the boss, you need to, right? Like, but I I get like, and I'm sure you've been there where there's times. Like there's a scene in the mask when his when he walks in and the landlord like gives him shit and she walks inside. He goes, aren't you due back to the laboratory to get your bolts tightened? Yeah, I should have said that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I can. I. It's easy to second guess your own of actions. I'm sure I'm sure Tony had that those conversations with himself. You can tell he's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. 
but it's like, what do you do? Right. And I get it. Like there's times when you're like, damn, I should say that. And, or I wish I would have said that, or I can't believe I said that, like whatever it is. But right. that was definitely a time he should have been like, Hey, yeah, no, let's not do this. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to think it might've changed everything, but who knows? And, and it might've been kind of the beginning of the end. You know what I mean? Hopefully I not. Was, yeah. I think punk was looking for a way out. I think so too. Yeah. I think he thought I'm going to make AEW the best company in the world. And, and I think he helped it, but I don't think they totally needed him. No. And hindsight on that's 2020. Cause I was, I was as excited as anyone that he was showing up. But. Yeah. But not, not when you have, not when you have the, the level of talent that you already have. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jericho was already a household name. He, he could have led it at any point in time again. Yeah. Uh, Moxley is a huge name. You got Sting. Who was a legend in the business? And yet Cody Rhodes for, for a while, right? Cody Rhodes is there. I mean, there uh, was Omega, a lot of Omega is not as well known. I, I don't think as far as stateside, right? A lot of fans, but he's getting there. Yeah, and he's an, an incredible talent. Yep. Um, I mean, so many guys. So right. yeah, I don't think he was necessarily needed. No, but I think him coming in and having that type of negative impact has really set them back far. Honestly, yep. We'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, Eva Marie made a little bit of news, like tweeting out some stuff, like that she might be re possibly returning and kind of being a part of Bray Wyatt's faction, which that seemed like to me like, oh, there's no way. But then people were kind of showing that video at the end of SmackDown when Bray Wyatt's interrupted by, I guess that character's name is Uncle Howdy with the mask. Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy. I kind of love that name. And that's 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 what they internally said on all the papers. It's it's copyright written, and they also copyright wrote another name, Uncle Harper, which I think is kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. And so I guess that mask character is Uncle Howdy, and uh, you know, like the the Bray Wyatt like quick camera stuff. I guess they showed an eye, and people think that that's Eva Marie's eye, hmm. which is interesting because she would not be someone I would peg for them to bring back to put with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a bad idea. Unless she just doesn't have a speaking role. <laughs> but why Why her, though? Right. You know, I mean, like, she's pretty. I get it, but like, yeah. there's a lot of girls that are pretty. Like, right. why Why her? Yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I really I really have no no explanation for that at all. But, you know, it's uh, it's what it is. Yeah. We'll wait and see on that. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think, though, that because uh, there's a lot of speculation, because we talked about the Wyatt Six already, but... There's a lot of speculation that he's building a stable, yeah, and and all the characters that were kind of sitting in the crowd at Extreme Rules. Do you think that that's not something at all they're doing, or I really don't know. I don't know. And again, it's maybe it's, the Wyatt Six has a couple different meetings, and and that's I feel like with Bray Wyatt, he has created an environment where we literally have to be patient and let things play out. Like nothing he does is quick storytelling. Yeah. Wasn't he also Sister Abigail himself? At one point, yep. He, like, so he actually like wore Sister Abigail was kind of like a demon almost. Yeah, yeah. Because people thought that was going to be Paige, right. right? And then ended up just it was him, and he did a match as Sister Abigail. And Alexa I think. Bliss was Sister Abigail one time too. Right. So it's one of those weird things where I don't think anyone really knows. Right. But yeah, you're right though. It is patient storytelling. Yes, because if you if you kind of leave him alone and let him do his thing, it's great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see everything. The kingdom has officially shown up in uh, AEW. There was actually speculation that Matt Taven was going to be in uh, w, was WWE bound, 
That obviously didn't happen. Of course, the Kingdom was a, a tag team in Ring of Honor back in the day. And then uh, Mike Bennett signed with WWE along with his wife, Maria Canellis, mm-hmm. who was there during the Diva Search days, and they returned and were Mike and Maria Canellis, and their whole deal was that they were just extremely in love. Yep. Terrible, terrible gimmick. He didn't last very well in WWE. No. Didn't, uh, didn't work out for him. He gets let go, goes to Impact, and uh, they do pretty well there, from what I understand. Yeah. And uh, now they're uh, now they're back in uh, AEW. I think it's cool. Like at least they're getting some opportunity. Yeah, I mean, good for them. I mean, I I, I like that's one good thing about the AEW Ring of Honor merger is we're kind of getting some some different faces, some know? crossover. Yeah, and I like uh, we also saw Dalton Dalton Castle. He's going to wrestle Jericho on Dynamite. I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, Dalton Castle is uh, really one of those talents. I'm surprised didn't make a move a little bit earlier. And and he's a guy that nothing against Danhausen, nothing against the pizza guy, but he's a guy that has a ridiculous gimmick, but he's good. Yeah. Like, why did they wait so long to bring him in? Like, did you watch his promo? I did. Like the crowd was going pretty crazy for that guy. They called Jericho a silly goose. I mean, yeah, like he got a silly goose chant out of the crowd. I mean, like nobody else could pull that off. And I, so, I mean, if they could, if they could bring him in and like keep him keep him around which it looks like that's what they're going to do i mean good for him yeah i think yeah he's a legit pretty legit wrestler yeah like as far as like amateur credentials from what i understand Mm -hmm. and so he just he's a guy to me like he's a good worker you put a goofy gimmick on him yeah to me it's the same with orange cassidy and i think that was what made him work is he's a good talent he's an undersized guy in wrestling so he did something totally different to make himself stand out yeah the problem with some of these guys that are all gimmick is like eventually the bell has to ring. Exactly. Well, and it kind of it kind of almost reminds me, and obviously I'm not saying that they're on the same level, but it kind of reminds me of Kurt Angle during his silly years. Yeah, he was ridiculous, but once that bell rang, he would kick your ass. And like I think that's great. Like I think you can have those silly gimmicks as long as like once the bell rings, you can turn it off. You know, it's one of those things. Like you, it would almost be hard to to imagine Kurt Angle was as badass as he was. Yeah. Because of how goofy he acted, mm-hmm. the guy's a freaking Olympic gold medalist, right? With a broken neck, right? Like, he's a badass. Yeah, he's as tough as they come. But like that was never, like he was, you know, drinking milk and all this stupid wearing stuff. a tiny cowboy hat. Oh yeah, he yeah. did. The, he did some of the stupidest things you could ever imagine on television. You know. Yep. I'll never forget when Christian was training for the light heavyweight title, and he's wearing Kurt Angle's chicken suit and. Kurt Angle just walked away. He's like, hey, my chicken suit. Yeah. (laughs) So stupid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, very, very, very interesting how they've, they're finding a way for all these guys to kind of show up. I think it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We got a little bit of movie talk. What do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. This is Wake Up and Bait at the Movies. This is Wake Up and Bait at the Movies. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? Tell you what we got now. Uh, Big underscore bang. We got a couple of movie topics we want to talk about. First of all, uh, you sent me this trailer the other day. Violent Night. (coughs) Yes. David Harbour of Stranger Things and Black Widow fame is in this. Um, Not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I was expecting a horror film. Not at all. It's a total... Crazy action movie. Santa is a badass mf'er in that movie, and uh, I am I'm so excited for that. Comes yeah. out I think December second. Um, yeah. So hopefully it'll be uh, you know on available to stream 
shortly thereafter, I guess, hopefully by next Christmas. But, dude, I think it's cool when they do Christmas movies that are outside that Christmas movie genre, right? Well, it's almost like, a, you know, not, not the same, but it's almost like Jingle All the Way. You know, there's like a, it's Christmas, but there's like a separate story that's not just like, hey, bring the family down for Christmas, you know, like. There's a point to it other than just the holiday. I think I think that's going to be cool. So I, uh, I'm really excited about it, man. And like, so the, the whole synopsis is like a, a super rich family's getting robbed. Kid calls out to Santa. Say, I mean, Santa's there to give her presents anyway. Santa's a badass. He kicks everybody, all the bad guys' ass. I mean, I think it's cool. Yeah, it was like they gave the kid a walkie-talkie. It's like your gift early, and you have a one-way line to Santa. And that's yep. kind of a whole gimmicky thing. and. I guess it worked right. because uh, they ended up, yeah, like you said, they were wealthy. They were going to get robbed at gunpoint by uh, a group of uh, mobsters would be my guess. Yeah. John Leguizamo was in it, which I'm a huge fan of him. Fantastic. And, yeah, dude, it just looks like a brutal, rough, tough action movie. I think it's awesome. I'm excited for it. I think it's really, really cool. Um, the only other real Christmas movie that falls into that category is Santa's is it Santa's sleigh? Santa's sleigh, but it's not with Goldberg. It's spelled S L A Y. It's but it's not really all that good. That's supposed to be like a horror comedy. Yeah, it's just go- super goofy. Yeah. Um, you know he met his wife on that movie. No kidding. That was, she was a stunt woman. Yeah. Wow. And it t- turns out she only took the movie because uh, she thought she was working with Jeff Goldblum, not Bill Goldberg. <laughs> so I'm like, wow. <laughs> That is wild, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's awesome when you have a, cause they've done some horror Christmas movies, but sure. This might be the first like action based Christmas movie that yeah. I can think of where it's like, no, this is probably going to be an R rated, like bloody movie. That's yeah. kind of cool. I think it will be awesome, man. Speaking of speaking of bloody holiday movie, did, have you had a chance to watch the new Halloween? I haven't yet. It's good. Halloween ends, yeah, right? Yeah. This is the last one until they reboot it in two to, years. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean. There's been so many Halloween movies. They can't just give that series up. Um, but it, it was really, really good, man. Like, I don't want to give any spoilies away because the trailer and what happens in the movie are definitely different. So, but it's a, I thought, I really enjoyed it, man. I thought it was cool. So I saw the the Halloween remake they did like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to, supposed to be like a trilogy. Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Yes. Um, I haven't seen the last two. Halloween Kills was really good, too. Was it? Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and I mean, actually, this whole trilogy, I actually really enjoyed. I mean, because it, it kind of... Jamie Lee Curtis's character in the in the films are, are very different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Than just, like, the normal scream queen, like, trying to hide and stuff like that. Right. Like, she's almost kind of a badass herself, you know? She's, she's basically dealing with the trauma of what's happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I thought that was a cool element too. Do you think it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. The, the timeline that they have with this movie, how it's basically, they've ignored everything except the original. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's to me is the hardest part of any movie series, because I remember talking to a guy one time and he, we watched the dark Knight. When that came out, you know, mm-hmm. the Heath Ledger Joker. And he's like, so where's this fall timeline-wise? And I'm like, I don't think it has anything to do with the originals. Oh, yeah, they're all connected. I'm like, no, they're not. Like, these, these are like a totally separate thing. Like, right. And I think you have to go into those movies thinking these are totally separate. Now, it would be weird to me if someone made a sequel to Batman Forever but ignored everything else. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and that's kind of what these last three have done. Yeah. Uh, they, they ignored everything because, I mean, and Jamie Lee Curtis – 
that first and second one, those aren't the only two that she's been in. Yeah, she was in H2O. Right. And so, I mean, like, I feel like H2O should kind of count for something, too. You know what I mean? Uh, which that one was awesome because Buster Rhymes was in it. And I think he was in Halloween Resurrection. Mm, was he? I think so. I can't remember. So I love the one with Buster Rhymes in it, though, too. I think he's in Halloween Resurrection, which I don't think we saw any more until, like, the Rob Zombie two that came out which i actually really enjoyed those two. Oh, okay i enjoyed the first one the second one was kind of dumb i didn't see the second one but it's one of those things like these movies are so all over the place it's like you have halloween halloween 2 halloween 3 michael myers isn't even in it halloween 4 and 5 are like the return of michael myers and mm-hmm. something else and then halloween h2o comes out and it's 20 years later and i don't know they just it's one of the weirdest movie timelines i've ever seen yeah um so you are correct. I only remember that because is, he, he showed up on SmackDown. Is Buster Rhymes in, in Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, because he did a little promo with The Rock promoting Halloween Resurrection. And I know I've definitely not seen that one. That mask for Resurrection is horrible. I just now saw it. I don't. Let me see. Oh, my God. It looks cheap. Oh, good Lord. Like that's That's pretty bad. But. Looks like beans from even Stevens. Right? Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know, but yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis has been in quite a, quite a, a few of them. And it looks like she was in resurrection as well. Yeah. I think she actually died in that. Yeah. If I remember, I think someone told me she dies right in the beginning. So the, like I said, the whole timeline of these are just way off. I think that that's sometimes part of the problem with continually making movies that follow a timeline. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on here? Well, and so I actually watched Halloween three, not too long ago, this, just a couple weeks ago because never never actually seen that one because I I knew it was different because apparently what, what the guy wanted, um, he wanted it to kind of be like an anthology thing and and it wasn't supposed to just be focused on Michael Myers. Um, so like, but it got such poor reception (laughs) because it didn't have Michael Myers switch course. Right. So they brought it back, but Halloween uh, three, as a standalone movie, it's really not that bad. If they just would have called it something else, if it would have been called Season of the Witch and not Halloween Three. Yeah, it would have probably been fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. But it, uh, but I actually kind of kind of enjoyed it. But yeah, I don't know. Hall- Halloween's uh, these last three I thought were really good. It's interesting because that classic horror stuff we don't see as much anymore. I think actually Hulu has a new Hellraiser movie, don't they? I watched that. How was that? I so I've never seen Hellraiser. Hellraiser to me has always been a very boring is not the right word, but it is such a lifeless movie. Slow. It's just like, like I've seen images of pinhead, but I don't know anything about the movie. So, so like Jason, I feel like there's always action in there and he, you know, he's always on a chase. Yeah. Um, same with Freddie, same with all the other, whereas Hellraiser is more like, it just, it's, just a just a totally different story like it's kind of horror and it's it's just bizarre and so like this one like i i watched it and it's i liked the story okay it's just that everything moves if i feel like everything kind of moves in slow motion with these sure. hellraiser movies and i've always felt that way yeah with those and so like i i just can't like i told jason wolf because he posted about it i was like i didn't mind it but i just found myself getting on my phone a lot more than I normally do during movies. And so I don't know. It was okay. But I also started watching cause that, that new terrifier two came out is coming out. Started watching the original all hallows Eve, which is what that clown is from. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think I, I don't think I can watch the Terrifier, Terrifier two. Not good. It's just uh, it's for what I understand, Terrifier and Terrifier two are going to be like gore porn type movies. I'm not really into that, no. and I, uh, I watched, I started watching All Hallows Eve, and there was one kill in particular, and if anybody hasn't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but like, I. I just was like, okay, that's too much. Like, and it wasn't even it wasn't even super gory, but just knowing what they were doing, I was like, that's a that's a little much. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't need that in a movie. Yeah, well, it's like I remember someone asked me if I'd ever seen like Human Centipede, and I'm like, no. Yeah, it's like, it's, why? It's just not for me. Do we need? Do we need you know to see a visual of somebody's like mouth getting sewn to somebody else's butthole? <laughs> like. No, I, I think I don't I think, think we I'm do. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like I don't think we need that movie, you know, because yeah. it, it crosses a line of being scary and then just being f- gross. The most disgusting thing. Uh, yeah, ever, yeah, like this is just this is just gross. Yeah, not not at all good. Not good. Uh, another interesting movie is the Mean One. Yeah, I don't think there's a trailer for this yet, but it seems as though it's a a little bit of a, a Grinch style movie. So this could be another holiday, you know, yeah, horror film, I guess. Kind of in line with the Winnie the Pooh movie they're doing. Yeah, it seems like it, which I don't actually know if the Grinch is public domain. I would assume it is, considering they're doing this now. But I, uh, I'm i interested in this. I think this would be cool. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Of the still images that I've seen, he definitely fits the bill of the Grinch, whoever's playing the Grinch, uh, or the mean one. But I, I, think that'll, I think this will be a fun little iteration of... The Grinch that stole Christmas, you know, just goes on a massive murder spree. It says actually all of Dr. Seuss's books are now in public domain. Really? Has it been that long since he's published those? So somebody could do a green eggs and ham movie. That's a horror movie. I don't know the specifics of it. Um, says, Dr. Seuss's books are now in the public domain. Uh, domains are a hot topic in the Seuss world. Many of Dr. Seuss's books are now in public domain, which means they can be used by anyone for any purpose. That's I don't. Again, I don't know the specifics of how that works, but yeah, that might be why that's happening. That's wild. I know we were talking off air about Mickey Mouse. Yeah, because I was like, I wonder when Mickey Mouse hits public domain. Yeah. And apparently, like you said, it was 2023, so that's like next year. Yeah. And so what does that mean? Does that mean like we're going to see all this Mickey Mouse stuff? I can't imagine Disney's going to let that happen. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's one of those things like almost may, might just have to – I, I don't I don't I don't know if they can stop it though. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the interesting thing. I don't really know how it all works. I mean, it might be one of those things where they can renew the copyright. I really don't know. Well, I we're gonna get, kind of dive into this with Rush Toys here in a little bit, but I know like uh, Frankenstein and Dracula and all that stuff. Like if you know, sometimes we'll say like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, meaning that it's like the original, like the guy that wrote the book. Right, and so. I, my understanding is like the Bella Lugosi version of Dracula is copyrighted by Universal as part of the Universal Monsters. So you can't do that, but like the name I think you can do. And like, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know anything about copywriting. So I think I, from what I've gathered is that you just have to make them look different, you know, as long as it's not exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably okay. But yeah, the mean one coming out, that might be kind of fun. I'm excited about it. We got a little bit of toy talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. Here we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break a remain, do a bit of toy talk. All right, we got a little bit of uh, news here from uh, the guys over at Rush Collectibles, 
their uh, first wave of Monster Masters, I think we're going to have a full reveal on Halloween, which awesome. is awesome. Perfect time. Absolutely. It uh, looks like it's going to be four figures. Uh, we've already seen Frankenstein. We've now seen Dracula, or at least um, a sketch of Dracula. Mm-hmm. We've seen the mold for Nosferatu, and now uh, Cthulhu. Yeah. So I assume these are all public domain characters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, this is awesome. I, I am super excited for this line. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it, man. I, I that's one you know. If if funds are there, I'm probably gonna dive into. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. Like I know uh, I talked to Sal a little bit, and I guess the Cthulhu figure was actually gonna be a little bit bigger scale. Yeah. Than the other ones, which is like that's really cool. So yeah. I, I dig this idea. I think doing Hasbro style monsters is a money idea. So Absolutely. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, I think it'll be great, man. And I still. I still think about, you know, Frankenstein with his head popping off and stuff yep. like that. It's almost like his head is an accessory. Yeah. You know, like, it's really cool. Well, and then I and I know that they showed a couple of different colors because I know they've done that where, like, there's different colors and mm-hmm. one's a UK exclusive and stuff like that. So, I'm like, that's also really cool. Like, right. I probably won't buy every single version, but, you know, I, I'd like one of each one. So sure. I think that that's really cool. It looks like a mummy might be coming at some point. Uh, that's not been confirmed, of course, but I think that that's, that's awesome. There's so many things they can do, too, like, if you think about it, like just like a ghost, you know, yeah. or something like that. Like, why not? Like, yeah, I know he's shown off some images of, um, of some actual iconic movie characters that they wanted to do that they couldn't get the rights for, at least not yet. I don't know, man. I hope they do. Cause I think that'd be super cool to get. Always Freddy. do. Always do Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Grinch apparently. Right. Uh, but like, you know, Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, Leatherface, those would all be just killer. Chucky. Like, are you kidding me? Pennywise? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be all about that, man, if you could do, like, the, the main horror movie characters. Yeah, and then there might be a way around it of kind of, like, changing the look and changing the name a little bit. I don't know. But I wonder if he'd be able to do a, a – what was it? What was the Sino Evil guy? I know it was Kane, but, like – Oh, Jacob Goodnight. I wonder if he could do Jacob Goodnight. He could essentially have a Kane character. That would be that would be fun. <laughs> right? I would bet not since it's, like, a WWE film. Right. Did you ever oh, yeah, see the sequel true. to that? Uh – I want to say I have, but I don't. I don't remember it. I have, yeah. I actually thought it was better. Really? Yeah. The original ones on Tubi. It. I mean, neither one were great, but yeah. for for what they were, they were fine. I wanted to think they were good because I bought the DVD I when it came too. out, but like, I don't know. I remember seeing that in theaters. I think I might have too. Just like this is not good. Yeah. It came out the same week as the Da Vinci Code. Oh God. And I remember like all these people are at the theater, and I'm like, holy shit, Sino Evil's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> There's like four people in the theater. Right. It's all for the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Because remember that the promotion they did? It was like May 19th, May 19th. Right. Like, and it was Haunting Kane. Yeah. So fucking bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was terrible. So bad. Terrible. So bad. But uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? That is it. Uh, of course, we want to give a shout out to some of our podcasting buddies like the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to check them out every Sunday and, and also check out Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Yep. Check out Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric, the Ringside Rant with RJ, the Leisure and Lariat's Podcast with our pal Ruthless Ryan Davidson, and the Marbles with Soda and Ethan talking all things NASCAR. Uh, Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Kaylin. And, of course, the twins over there. In fact, I saw a picture they posted of the twins. Man, those those kids are getting so big. Dude, they're getting huge. I mean, it's crazy. It's It's been eight months, man. Eight or nine months. Yeah, I was like, man, that's crazy. Time, I, time flies. I swear I remember when they announced that she was pregnant. 
I know. You know what I mean? So it's, I know. It's, it's wild how quick time is passing. Well, me and Drew podcasted right before they were born. Yep. And I'm thinking like, there's no way that was like eight or nine months ago. Like the what? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, wreck my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his friends over there. Trivia with the buds with the one and only Ryan buds howling with the wolf with our pal, Jason Wolf. And of course his uh, amazing artwork and his chop shop, all that over on at the art of Jason Wolf on Twitter. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot night of the nerdy laser podcast. I want to throw it out to another new podcast. I didn't realize this guy had one. Our uh, good friend of the show, Al day has uh too old for this shit. T O T S on the uh, gorilla brain wrestling podcast. They talk about a lot of wrestling action figures, which is pretty cool. They actually grade them. They take a series and they grade them. Okay. Which is kind of fun. They, the episode I listened to, they did Jack's BCA series one and, Nice. They actually were pretty kind to the line, which, I mean, I didn't hate those as a kid. It just, yeah. I mean, they don't really hold up now, I don't think. But it was kind of cool hearing how they, you know, kind of dissected each part of it and stuff. It was, it was fun. It was fun sure. listener. That's awesome. So definitely check that out. Check out our, our other shows. Uh, you know, it's Fake Right every Monday with me and a special guest. Uh, no Holds Barred with Bill Benis yep. every Tuesday. Yep. So, like, what's the deal there? Are you guys getting along yet or no? Oh, no. No, no, we're not getting along. But I'm getting paid. That's that's all I care about. I mean, we got. Uh, I know you're all about the money. Yeah, we got. I think ten more weeks left, so I got ten more paychecks coming. Um, yeah, Bill's trying to get a contract. I really don't care. Um, uh, Tyler came back though, and I mean, he's he's got a wild voice. You know, it's that surgery really messed him up. So well, there's a quite a cast of characters a, over there. Had a good laugh. It's a lot. You know, there's a lot of people involved. You know, but I'm I'm trying to make Bill's life miserable and over time. Yeah, we got this intern downstairs. I thought about like bringing her up, seeing if she wanted to come up and hang out for a little bit. There you um, go. You just know, to make Bill miserable. Yeah, because you know he 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 wants it to just be like focused on our stuff. But I'm like, more people in there, the the further off track we can get, and just really stick it to him. <laughs> You're basically trying to kill his show. I'm trying to sabotage it. Yeah, absolutely. Nice work. Yeah, I'll get there. Oh yeah, you're I'll, getting there. You're I'll getting get close. There. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also check out TB Toycast with me and Travis Fowler every Thursday talking all about a vintage toy line and uh, current stuff today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out all of Bane's music over at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your tunes. Absolutely. And if you checked it out, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Oh, for sure. Outsiders Beard Co. Get you some beard balm, beard oil, make that beard look fantastic. Yes. And all of our t-shirts can be found at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, WhatAManeuver.net. Search for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour TV Toycast or, or Big Underscore Bane or any of our podcasting buddies. They, a lot of them have shirts, short shirt stores there as well. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And also uh, storefrontier.com forward slash TV Toycast. I'm wearing our new Game Time Decision shirt. Nice. Kind of uh, reminiscent of the old Tops logo, which yeah. is fun. So check all that out. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. And we'll see you guys in seven days. It's easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. So lock the cage up, cause this is a takeover. The wait's over. If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back on my feet. Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover. I'm super fly, so I can splash off the top. And I can shut down the shop. Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop. And I'm always gonna rise to the top. People's champ like the rock. I do not give a fuck, so let that shit drop. Man, I'm so over. Dope pistols. What'd you think? It's good. It was really good.
pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Okay, now dig it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.